0: thanks for listening to the revival today podcast with evangelist jonathan shuttlesworth to stay connected check us out on instagram facebook or online at revivaltoday.com now here's evangelist jonathan
1: so people are jumping on there's like okay there there we go we got a message oh we did so it doesn't it, it it doesn't tell you who the message is from or it does oh it's from brian tomes go for it all right here we go it sent me a notification
0: just to let you know, sent me one. All right, so there's there's the difference. Everybody is you. You can talk to us like on a voicemail that we play. So it's a live podcasting app. If you don't count YouTube, it's the only live podcasting app. So we, me and Teddy, can both put this on our podcast when we finish. And uh, th- then also, but then you can do live interaction. So that's what we're looking to do. So we we used to do a program. There were a couple old apps gab and meerkat and uh yep. we used to do a program called bedtime prayers at night that people liked and then both apps disappeared so um we're bringing it back to up so if you if you have a question on anything or you'd like prayer for anything that's what we'll do and that'll take us right into check the news uh when, when magal starts with that at 11 so How's this? I'll I'll throw in something to sweeten the deal since people are slow to talk sometimes. Um if you if if you leave a voice message with a question or a prayer request, uh I'll buy you coffee tomorrow. How's that? So, there you but, go. But that you'll have to um
1: and I'll throw in a muffin.
0: Yeah, there you go. So you but you have to you have to email uh my office because I'll forget. So there's <laughs> the in, info at revivaltoday.com. That's true. Um while we're waiting for somebody to leave a message. Okay, we there's got a one. Go for it. It's you play Chad Walton.
2: As long as you guys aren't talking about dancing in the rain and your neighbors.
0: Okay, that doesn't <laughs> count because that's that's not a question or uh what what first, is that? not you did?
1: No, oh, they're, I they're played rolling it. in now. Let's, let's do it. Yeah, I played it. Here's Kyle Fender,
2: Jonathan. What has been your favorite?
1: Hold on, he's got another one here.
2: Hold on, Jonathan. What's been your favorite Bible study to do in the last couple of years?
0: Bible study to do, Kyle. Ask the question again if, uh, because I don't know what you mean. Do you mean like a series that I've done on? On YouTube, like that, I've taught or that I've had taught to me.
1: I, I okay. no, I think he means like that you've done as a personal Bible study.
0: Um, for my own person, mm hmm, I don't know. I don't even, I don't really even study the Bible like that. I don't do like <laughs> a, a, a set Bible study,
1: right? You just kind of
0: read and let it read, spe- and, like, read and listen to you, read and listen to preaching. Yeah keep them going wow it's good we got a lot of coffee. shelly
2: are you guys gonna be in new hampshire tomorrow for that coffee
0: <laughs> is that some inside joke i don't know about
1: i i, th- I think she means like are we joining her for coffee We're not doing no,
0: no definitely not
1: <laughs> i mean I, can, Kemba. I, can't for, I can't speak for teddy but i won't be there go ahead i will not be there hey teddy nice avatar
2: I just wanted to jump in and say that.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm, gonna be, I couldn't believe I saw that Kemba graduated high school the same year as me, that he's 40. I, I thought he. I always thought he was like six years younger than me. Kemba <sighs> looks extremely young. Hey, guys, just wanted to hop on here and ask if, uh, is his presence really the greatest present of all? Anyway, blessings, guys. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Keep them going. My nephew, Alex. Tips on growing out the best mullet. Cool. Have you seen my nephew's mullet?
0: Yeah, it's it's everything I wanted mine to be.
1: It's masterful. Um,
0: tips on growing out the best mullet. You gotta commit to it. And uh, then then you have to not have barbers or, or whoever cuts your hair mess it up, which that's, that's the trick. You gotta find the good guy.
1: You know, there's, there's barbers now that are specializing in mullets. Really? Yeah. It's become like such a trendy thing. My barber here, not that I have a barber, but the guy that cuts my son's hair, um, was telling, was telling us that there's like guys now that are like specializing in mullets and they have like Instagram pages and everything. And like guys are coming in to like, get it done for their prom and all kinds of stuff.
0: Meanwhile, there's guys that cut hair that got fired 10 years ago for doing those haircuts. (laughs) I mean, I was ahead of my time. All right, keep them going.
2: I'm wondering what your view is on receiving and depositing the government stimulus checks.
0: All right, you you can take that, Teddy, and I'll chime in if I
1: feel necessary. Uh, My view is this. It's my money anyway. Hmm. I don't feel i don't feel wrong like you're getting a handout or that it's welfare or any of that stuff it's my money when you when you understand the fact that federal income tax shouldn't even still be a thing and they're taxing the crap out of us and it was supposed to go away after the war was over and after they got all that stuff handled and they just crookedly kept it in place because that's how they promoted it like when you know, they're going to yeah. do the, the, the federal income tax. You know, it, it will do away with it after all the debts get paid. Like the war stuff's handled. World War. And World they never war. did. And it was never supposed to increase. No. No, it was like, and what it was, was it?
0: 4%? Is. 4% to start.
1: Yep. And they've never stopped increasing it. And so I look at that. It's my money. Give that's me as good... much of my money back as I can get.
0: That's a great thought. And uh, that's why everybody shouldn't. That's why you needed to stand against all of the COVID lockdown loss of freedoms immediately, because there's never been a time, you know, it's not like we got Islamic terrorism handled. So now we don't have to go through TSA security. If you ever let the government implement anything, it never goes away.
1: That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And it's ridiculous. Like I hear, I hear all these people that like feel bad about like, you know, like, I'd never take that stimulus check. And like, why not? It's yours. You you already paid it. And you're like, just take it back. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, there's no reason not to take it. That's a good point. Keep them going. Uh,
2: Teddy, are you just really that upset about the fact that you can't grow your own mustache that you have to have your little character have one?
1: Carissa Blakely makes a great point. I've never been able to grow great facial hair. Kind of baby faced, if you will.
2: Would the mayor of Duncan's deliver the coffee and the muffin?
1: <laughs> Freddie. <laughs> the mayor of donkeys, kid.
2: <laughs> Hi, Jonathan. This is Karen from Church in the City in Relette. Just wanted to tell you how much we appreciated you and your beautiful wife. And also wanted to ask a prayer request for the last week and a half I've had a depilating migraine that will not go away no matter what so if you could keep me in your prayers i would appreciate it thank you
0: sure thing I'll, I'll pray for you right now father right down there in rowlett texas i pray that you would touch her head and make it stop hurting heal her head in the name of jesus jesus amen amen, amen
2: greatest advice for preachers that are very young and starting out in ministry
0: you, you start it's a
1: good one um, I, I could like, give five and then you give five or we probably will agree on a lot of this um, I would say starting out uh, make it your sole focus like I use that analogy of like burn your plows like Elisha did like don't have a plan B like you don't don't like doubt whether or not you're going to be able to do it. And then it's like, well, you know, I'll just, because what your flesh ends up doing is like, you give yourself a, a, a second out and then it be, just becomes easier to make money that way. And then, you know, your, your wife's parents are happier that you're, you're like doing that, making enough money and, you know, just make it a hobby or a side thing every once in a while, take a preaching engagement, make it your main thing and have the faith to stay with that. And then. Um, let, let me add I something would,
0: in Ted, Let me add something in Teddy and then see yeah. see I'm gonna add two things in because you, you got my mind mm-hmm. thinking on a different track. So mm-hmm. I think I can add two things to that, and, and then you let me know if that leaves anything out. So number one, do what Teddy said, because I think that's a huge thing. I don't know any anybody that graduated from my Bible college that took another job coming out of Bible college that's in the ministry because you know, it's it's like uh like that thing Bishop Oyadepo says. The disciples said to Jesus, We left everything to follow you. And mm-hmm. uh most people now have left nothing. They they you know, they 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 don't commit to it. Then secondly, once you commit to it, because just committing to it, you could still end up just poor and struggling. Once you commit right. to, to doing what Teddy said and not doing anything else, then secondly evaluate yourself and make sure you're growing constantly. Like I I would, I would, uh, maybe in the beginning, I would look at myself every six months and and make sure I've added something to my ministry that I didn't have before. Like I remember one year it was a goal of mine to have a website by the end of the year. And, uh, of course, once you get a staff and stuff, it's different because then what used to be like your yearly goals can be like your daily goals. But in the Mm -hmm. beginning, You know you want to make sure you don't get to the end of a six-month segment and you're basically exactly where you were before and then third do what you saw me do on my instagram yesterday get around people who are doing really great things for god because a you'll never get prideful or cocky because when when people get isolated they think like small success is big success but when you get around top people You never can really become arrogant because you think you're doing really good and then you realize there's a long way to go and i think if you do those three things uh i'll see if i left anything out you can edit something in teddy
1: well i think in that same vein like you know because people get this wrong idea because the bible says comparing yourselves among yourselves you're unwise but that's in like a critical sense right you know you're not you're not supposed to like critically like uh compare yourself with somebody else in a negative way but there would be no way to fulfill Paul's command that he you know, he mentioned twice to the Corinthians, imitate me as I imitate Christ. There's no way to imitate someone if you're not comparing yourself to what they're doing. So in a good way, you should imitate those that have done great things for the Lord. And I always tell people this, never compare backwards. That's what the flesh always wants to do, compare forward. So me, what I mean by that for those that are listening is, like, don't ever, because here's what our flesh would love to do. Well, I'm doing way more than he's doing, so I'm, I'm right. doing good. Like, always look at someone that's, like, doing way less than you and, like, patting yourself on the back. Always look to someone that's doing far more than you're doing that makes you feel like you're doing nothing. And then always compare to them because it'll, it keeps that vision in your eyes that, like, no matter how much you do grow, you never stop pushing to grow more. I love that. Let's keep going. Is anybody else thankful
0: for the waves of life that crashed you into the rock of ages?
2: <laughs>
1: Preston was a little encouragement. Let's keep going.
2: All the barbers in Kentucky specialize in mullets. <laughs> Jonathan, when will you be back in Tampa? Hmm.
0: I don't know. I have no plans, but I, I never had any plans How- last year. Go ahead.
2: How to get someone to stop growing a (laughs) mullet?
1: That's my nephew Alex's good friend. You
0: you can just take take matters into your own hands. You can pull a Delilah on him, if you will.
2: (laughs) What we all doing during your teen years to fulfill your purpose?
0: You can pull a Delilah on him and cut his hair. High five.
1: (laughs) High five. What we all
2: doing during your teen years to fulfill your purpose?
1: Um, what were all of you doing during your teen years? I, I'll let Teddy take take it
0: after me. But during my teen years, what I was doing to fulfill my purpose was nothing. I uh, I liked playing video games. Basically, in my teen years, I didn't do anything to help fulfill my purpose. But very importantly, I didn't do anything to, <laughs> to, to destroy my purpose. I didn't sleep with any anybody. You know, I didn't uh, get into drugs or, you know, I think. Uh, I think when you're a teenager, the number one thing you should concentrate on is what Paul talked about in Second Timothy 2, and keep mm-hmm. yourself pure. Because right. if you start living in sin, when there's not even, when the devil doesn't even know who you are and there's no pressure on you, for, mm-hmm. I think for your own good, the Lord will, will let you kind of be under the radar for the, for the rest of your life.
1: Mm-hmm. I believe that because he loves you and doesn't want to see you destroyed. Um, The other thing though, I, I kind of disagree with you because you were doing some things because, you know, I know for a fact how much you read the Bible every year, Mm -hmm. you know, so, I mean, like there were Christian disciplines in place where you were faithful to church, hardcore. One of the things I can say about my cousin is even though he like played sports captain of his hockey team, you know, he had all those guys from the hockey team, like at his church in the pews in services isn't that right you had like the majority of your hockey team i
0: forgot about a lot of that i guess you know i just i don't consider that i just consider that like basic christianity i read i read my bible and prayed every day you know but that you read your bible through
1: every year
0: yeah but i mean that what does that take 15 minutes a day so it's not it's not like i was like up in my room bounding like like with a notebook out and in a bible i just you know i read it before i went to bed every night one-year bible yeah but and when then, you
1: compare that to the the fact that 90 percent of ministers have never read the bible all the way through then you realize it was actually a good thing
0: yeah and then and then as far as like taking my friends to church and stuff that just that kind of developed on it well no i guess i did start praying for them. going into my senior year it started to bother me that I, you know how basically everybody i knew was going to hell and uh I knew, like, once they leave high school and go to university, it's not like they're going to be bombarded with more soul-winning influences. So I I figured I had, like, one year to Mm -hmm. get something done. I'll tell you something something interesting, Teddy. A guy from my hockey team just found my dad. You know, you got to realize these guys are, like, 40 now, like me. Right. He just found my dad on Facebook randomly and watched his Bible prophecy show. But then he realized it was my dad that I took him to see – when he was a teenager, and he he gave his life to the Lord, you know, married with kids, oh, that's awesome on, uh, on Facebook. So that made me happy that it like took took twenty years, like a two step process, but
1: he's in now. I I will say this. I mean, like that stuff is big because, like you know, it it that's Asa that asked that question. That's a big to prepare your spirit like for what you're going to be doing later. You know, it's not a small thing that to like have the word in you, like even if it is only whatever it takes a day to do like the one year Bible or whatever, you know, make it if you want to be bigger, you know, like you said, it may only take 15 minutes. If you want to do more, you know, read the do two of those a day, you know, read the Bible through in 90 days instead of a year whatever. But, you know, praying every day, spending time fasting throughout your year and, and all that stuff, that's not that's not small stuff. It prepares your spirit for God to use you. True. Um,
2: here's one. Hey, Jonathan. How was it meeting Jesse Duplantis yesterday? What was th- What was the most significant thing that you learned from him?
0: Let me tell you. If that's your real voice, you need to change it. Secondly, um, <laughs>
2: Jesse Duplantis
0: was Jesse Duplantis was very nice. You know. <laughs> Like, uh, he was warm once you got off the platform, which I didn't. That, like, caught me off guard. I I wasn't expecting him to be, like, as warm and, and kind as he was. So I like that. And then another thing I like about Jesse Duplantis is he's the only guy, one of the only guys, probably less than five, that will preach on financial prosperity. Mm-hmm. So I like and and not make any apologies. And he had, I'll tell you one thing. I gained from being in his meeting. I could feel an anointing for increase on him and in his service, mm-hmm. which you don't feel that many times. You feel an anointing for decrease on people, but I <laughs> I felt Very like true. I, I felt like I gained something being around him. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> what are the craziest slash funniest words you've ever received while traveling on the road? from uh bathroom prophets
0: um i'll go first then i'll let you go second teddy i don't have that <laughs> stuff happen to me because if, if somebody yeah. strikes me as a weirdo and they start first of all anytime somebody says can i pray for you and they mean like they want to lay hands on me and pray for me after i'm done preaching right i always say no i say or i'll no. say hey yeah, great you can pray for me at home and that kind of short circuits getting a word from somebody oh and, yeah uh so I, I know how to avoid it you know it's one of the benefits of growing up in church i know i can spot a weirdo very true i've had a lot of experience
1: having how to end around them Hmm. lady told my dad a couple of years ago like she like just walked up to him while he was sitting on the front row after a service she's like brother ted the lord tells me that this year you're gonna drown <laughs> and he and he said sister that's not true you know how i know Jim, how can you know? Yeah, because the Lord says I can swim. <laughs> yeah, you just you just kind of
0: like that story your dad tells about when the lady came up to him after the service and said, I see, I see Jesus standing there on the platform. And then my uncle Ted said, No, look, look, he's over by the organ just because she's nuts. And she looked over at the organ and went, Oh, he moved.
1: Yeah. You know. I I you know what's crazy. <clears throat> is that people don't even know and it's sad that like even even preachers don't even know like w- one time i was up in new hampshire and we had this we had this uh revival that I had to move to another church because the church was too small it was uh and the other one was like a small nazarene church too and the and the nazarene pastor came every night like faithfully he was like one of those guys that, like wore no shoes and had like long hair no socks on and and like <laughs> seriously Naz- was more he famous. was an
0: actual nazarene
1: <laughs> he was from nazareth um
0: long bear. But,
1: yeah and he came and at the end like he wasn't like a bad guy but it just shows like people don't even understand like impartation like he i was packing my truck at the end of the meeting at the end of the revival he like walked up outside with his bare feet and was like brother ted i i just feel like i should pray for you before you leave and, like and he that was what he meant he wanted to lay hands on me And I went, no, I was like, that's all right. He's like, why not? I was like, well, because in the Bible, there's only a few reasons to lay hands on on someone. I was like, to get them baptized in the Holy Ghost, I'm already baptized. I said to get them healed and I'm not sick, to cast out a demon and I don't have any demons. I said to separate them into the ministry and I'm already in the ministry. I said, or to bless them like Jesus did. And I said, I'm more blessed than you are. So why would you lay hands on me? (laughs) He went, you know, I never thought of that. He's like, "Yeah, think about it."
0: Yeah, and the other thing, just to help anybody that's listening, that's the the last thing. It's a, it's such a like fake humble thing to do, and it's actually so, <laughs> so pri- prideful and arrogant. Yep, to come up to a minister and ask if you can lay hands on it. Like, who do you think you are? Now, obviously, if you have a desire you know see i'll tell you what happens is when people get ministered to by somebody you have an automatic desire to bless them so right. people because they have a desire to bless them i'm talking about good hearted people mm-hmm. not the not the arrogant people which he, do, was, they, he was he was good hearted they misappropriate it into prayer because they're not givers right but the bible says in acts 28 acts chapter 28 when paul prayed for the the governor's father publius and he was mm-hmm. healed all the people went and showered him with high honor gifts so you should give if you want to if you feel to bless someone or that desire you should do something to bless them because mm-hmm. that no minister wants somebody praying for them. when they, they're done they're done preaching they've given everything they had they want to relax so if you want to refresh them find a way to refresh them like they did in the bible give right but to pray you know, I'm a minister. I'm an actual minister, and I don't pray for people in other people's meetings. Let alone meet people in the pr- parking lot and give them a word or <laughs> go around and ask to pray for people. If you ever see anybody doing that, it's it's somebody that either a is mentally unstable or right. b they're, they're an arrogant jerk.
1: That's so, right. Anyway, do you know I came long in? I had already a very simple question. I had already showed up late to the meeting. You know, you could, We, we basically have structured it so that yeah. we're late enough that nobody can stop us in the lobby because it. People, you'd be surprised. It happens all the time, right? Like if you let it, this guy showed up. I don't. I've probably told you this before. This guy stopped me in the lobby in Ohio, in the in the vestibule, if you will. He had on. I'm not even lying. Grass stained, like work boots. He had jean overalls on, like jean overalls. Um, like a dirty trucker cap, a cutoff t-shirt, and he was like fat and with like his nipples hanging out beside. <laughs> and he was like, Hey, brother, I'd like to just pray for you before you preach tonight. <laughs> like like
2: <laughs>
1: thinking to myself, like, you're insane. <laughs> <laughs> If if these people are dependent on you to lay hands on me before I can minister, we're all in big trouble.
0: Yeah, and and I'll tell you, you know, depending on what background you come from, there's there's a feeling in a lot of churches like we're all the same. So like, yep. Now you've ministered to us, Teddy. Let me minister to you, but it doesn't work that way. Like no, it you, does think, not. you you think when I would have when I met Jesse Duplantis yesterday. It would have been so, even though it would have seemed humble, if, for me to say, "Now, if you can, I pray for you before you go." It it's so out of line because mm-hmm. it, it it it's not. You don't recognize that there's rank and file in the body of Christ, just like there's rank and file in the ministry. You know that Jesus yeah. didn't teach everybody's the same. You know, people say, "Well, the ground's all level at the foot of the cross." That's right, and then after. That's talking about salvation. Everybody has to get mm-hmm. saved the same way. Whether you're rich or poor, educated or uneducated, you have to repent and humble yourself right. and receive Christ. But after you get past the foot of the cross, the ground becomes very uneven very quickly. That's true. Everybody's not at the same level. So, like, Jesse Duplantis did pray for me last night for God to increase me. I would have no business laying hands on him for God to increase him, even though right. he's believing for increase because you can't give out what you don't have. I don't have a higher level of increase than, than Jesse Duplantis. And the way you can tell is, is your fruit. You know, he, he has mm-hmm. a thousand, maybe a thousand times more, more ministry partners than I do. He preaches on, I think on every, every channel all over the world. So yeah. you, if you don't recognize that there's people that are higher than you, Mm -hmm. You'll never grow. That's true. That's that's why so many ministers are very frustrating to be around because they just they can't receive anything from from anybody. They they think they do everything the best. They have a snide comment about anybody that's known nationally, you know, never can go to anybody's meeting and receive. And that that all goes together. It's from not recognizing that there's people that God has at a higher level than you. And, and then and you take advantage of that.
1: That's clearly taught in Hebrews 7. You know, the, it's the greater that imparts to the lesser. You know, like that that wouldn't be there if there wasn't a spiritual principle that there are greater entities and lesser entities. Correct. It's just straight pride.
0: I was that's at the, the church here. in the city as well, and my back was healed, and it is still healed. Whoop, whoop.
1: <laughs> that's awesome.
0: Praise yeah. Lord. Great. Great
2: testimony. What steps were taken to determine what Bible college you went to?
0: Uh, the steps I took to choose my Bible college was when I was 10. I went with my dad to a Bible college he was preaching at, and they gave an altar call at the end to come forward and pray. And when I went to the altar to pray, as soon as my knee hit the ground, I felt the Lord speak to me. When you're old enough, this is the school you're to attend. And that was it. That was the only application I sent out. What well, yours? I'd be interested to, to hear how you decided on Raymond.
1: Well, I was gonna you know, you know, I was gonna come and, and be with you at Zion. You know, that was my plan. Uh you'd already been there two years. I was gonna come up at your junior, it would have been my freshman year. But um I went to school one day and fasted and prayed through the day. And when I was walking the halls and I was praying, I heard the Lord tell me to go to Ramah, which was weird because you know, I would have I was the first person in our whole family not to go to Zion. Yeah, we all went to the same Bible school. And and while I was walking, like I just fell to my spirit I was supposed to go there. So tore up my Zion application, filled out the other one, and because I didn't understand how Bible <laughs> schools worked back then, I prayed that I'd be accepted <laughs> into the school. <laughs> and as you, as you said one time, if you have a pulse and money, they'll take you. And if you don't have the pulse, they'll still find a way to take you. They'll work with you. Yeah.
2: Hey, it's Lynn Ann out in California. I just want to say hi. Love you guys so much.
1: Love you too. Love you.
2: How do you guys vet churches that you've never been to that you know they line up with how you preach? Or do you guys go based off word of mouth?
0: Uh, it used to be very difficult before the internet because you basically had to just <laughs> go by how you feel in your spirit and you didn't you you, you were going into the church sight unseen. Now, anybody that invites us, we have a questionnaire that they fill out that has nothing to do with money or what hotel or or what transportation, because we do all that. The basically it's, have you been in one of Jonathan's services live? Because Mm -hmm. if, if somebody has come to see me preach live before and they still want me to come to their church, then we're not gonna have any problems because they, they know I preach two or two and a half hours. They know they know they've seen what I do. And after seeing everything that I do, uh, they still want me to come. And then the second thing is we will check out their church on on YouTube or Facebook and see what mm-hmm. kind of service they have. For example, um, the thing t- Teddy just talked about. One church invited me. We went on their website and their last meeting that they had pictures of was a guest speaker with the whole church circled around him laying hands on him and praying for him and as soon as i saw that i thought no need to go fly away from my wife and daughter to subject myself you know obviously we're not on the same page <laughs> or though right. they've heard me they've not listened to me enough to know you know to know how, they're on a different train so you can't you can't you wish everybody well but you can't work with everybody the bible says how, how can two walk together unless they agree there has to be unity of doctrine so there's little thing, little red flags that i can pick up on where you know we we wouldn't necessarily have a good time together but um right i will i will say in the beginning that's now see things changed and me and teddy kind of went through this at the same time it's very hard or difficult to um kind of switch gears in your ministry because there was a time and for a long time like 15 years you know, I would essentially take any meeting that was offered to me unless I felt a check in my spirit—prison, mm-hmm. nursing home, halfway house, anything. Speak at a chapel at a Christian school for first through fourth graders, anything. And right. and um, but then when you get to a point where you have more invitations than you have time, then the selection process becomes becomes important. But I would say until then. Uh I would unless you feel not to go, I would right. take any opportunity I can get it because it's like when you when you hear stand-up comedians on podcasts or whatever talk about their early days start <laughs>
1: just thinking of it.
0: It reminds me of like it, it actually helps you. It helps you to speak at a nursing home with six people and oh, four yeah. on themselves sound asleep. And you become a better speaker. You know, you like you actually have to learn how to communicate with all different kinds of people so there really aren't that many bad invitations you can get starting out because even the ones that are bad make you better but then you hit a point you know when time starts to become very valuable um and you gotta you gotta pick and choose where you go because you can't you can't be wasting anywhere then that's mm-hmm. when the selection process uh becomes important you can add whatever you want
1: i'm just glad that both of us got to start our ministries ministering in new england because i I agree if if you can minister there like and successfully have like revival meetings you know not it's not that they're bad people it's just the culture is so different than the south you know it's not that same like southern bible belt feel you know it, it actually takes some some like spiritual fortitude and breakthrough so like if you can do that that's that's very beneficial
0: I didn't know you felt that way I've, I've said that and i realized it more because when i was preaching in new england and eastern canada i used to wish i could get invitations in like georgia and texas where people like actually like the bible and uh like <laughs> preachers but i, I, I realized afterwards it, it actually would have been bad to come up preaching down south right because i don't think you could have preached up up north or in, or in eastern canada because it's different, be, you know. You you get no help. You get no courtesy, amens. There's not even that culture up there. So you actually have to, <laughs> you have to be really good to do it. To do any, any kind of damage in New England. So and, I, and I if people are it. listening
1: that don't like, they may not understand. Like it, it's, if you think, well, why is it so hard to like give a speech and what? It's it's not about like speaking. You know, like I know people that probably don't know us or how it works. Like maybe they think like. Why is it hard to give a talk up north and give a talk down south? it That's not. That's not it. It's like, in order to have like breakthrough, to have like a revival meeting where people are like, the atmosphere is completely changed and people are receiving and you know people are being saved, baptized in the Holy Ghost, miracles are happening, you know like that stuff doesn't just happen. You know it 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 takes like a breakthrough from the Holy Spirit and and like if you don't have you know I was hearing a pastor say not long ago that people were calling um, new England um, like the place where like revivalists go to die. Like it's a revivalist graveyard because like people can't like hold meetings up there, but it's like, if you, if you can flow in the Holy ghost and and are able to do it, then if it's like one of those things, like if you can do it there, you can do it anywhere.
0: Yeah. And also that, you know, there's a downside. Like when I was, When you go to Texas or Georgia, there's people that just like going to revivals, like there's people that like going to baseball games or the theater. They're not even really Christians. They enjoy, they like being in a revival, like from an entertainment standpoint. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's just makes, it's very easy to have a good meeting in the South, in my opinion, but then up North, there is no culture of extended meetings. You know, a lot of times if you preach an extended meeting in the, in the North, that's like the storm the church has had in like 35 years. But the up, right? the upside the upside is, you know, you're it. There, there is no right. other place people can go to get prayed for or whatever. So so people start driving from multiple states. So it it can it can it can be an advantage. But you have to be a good preacher. You can't just like start yelling stuff and have everybody shout and get on their feet. You actually have to like
1: <laughs> have substance.
0: Yeah, you actually have to have substance. Well said. Next, <laughs>
2: if the both of you could go back in time to when you were first starting out in ministry then what would you do differently and why?
0: The the thing I would do differently is I would have got hooked up to to a spiritual father quicker than I did. And uh, you can't necessarily make that happen, but you're never going to have anything you don't value. And and the kind of church I was raised in and, and, and people I was raised around in ministry, they didn't have value for other ministers. It was like anything God wants to do for me, He can do. You know, they would say stuff like, "Who, who was Paul's mentor? Who was Paul's spiritual father?" Well, if you get taken into the third heaven, you know, Gamaliel. and speak speak uh, directly—that's yeah, a good answer too—and speak directly to Jesus. That's another story. True. You know? But but if you haven't been mentored by Christ Himself. Because the mm-hmm. only people that didn't, like you think, or Kenneth Hagin, didn't really have like a spiritual father. But Jesus, <laughs> Jesus tutored him because he was doing mm-hmm. something no one had done at that time. I think other than, other than those exceptions, the Bible says be followers of those who by faith and patience have obtained the promises of God. It's a command. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have any value for that until I was in my, in my early 30s. So that would have been the one thing that I see because impartation speeds you up. Yes, it it, it gets you to cover a lot of ground like what what ground you may have never covered or that it would have taken you 20 years to cover you cover in like a year or two by impartation. So I didn't know that. I'd never heard any preaching on that. I had heard preaching that was against that kind of stuff. And uh, that would that would be the one change I'd make
1: over to you. I think it's a great point, and I, I would just have to totally agree with you because there's too few ministers that have impartation, and it's a major problem. It's a major problem um, because God doesn't desire to work outside of that. If you look through the uh, Bible, Old Testament and New, it's how he moved. You know, Moses and Joshua, Elijah, Elisha. Um, you know, Jesus, the disciples, Paul and Timothy, Paul and Titus, Paul and Onesimus. It's how I'll give you one verse of scripture that that should illustrate it. And then we'll move on. But uh, in Philemon, which only has one chapter, but in the 11th verse, Paul's writing to Philemon about Onesimus. He says in the 11th verse, I'm now sending him back to you because I became his father in prison. And once he was useless to you, but now he's very useful to you and to me. So that's Paul makes the point. Paul makes the point that because I became his father in prison, I took the man from useless to useful. And that's what impartation does. It changes you from having no purpose or use, and then someone pours what they have into you and you become useful and purposeful.
0: You wrote a bu- you wrote you you wrote a book further faster on that, right? Yep,
1: yeah, that's what that book's about, impartation.
0: Tell, tell people about it and where they can get it.
1: Yep, yeah, it's called Further Faster. And it's basically, the subtitle is How God Accelerates Your Purpose Through the Force of Impartation. And um, it's on all platforms, Amazon, Apple Books, Kindle. But um, that that's the thing, because I like Jonathan was saying, that's such a lack that I saw in the body of Christ. Like nobody, especially denominational churches, nobody was valuing impartation. It's like i'll get this on my own it's like think of it this way even the world understands the value of impartation imagine how dumb it would be if like every researcher or scientist like at the end of their life they just burnt all their research so no one had access to it (laughs) like every, every everybody gives apple like all the applause for developing the iphone but you know it's like think of it this way though i'll tell you what they didn't develop or or invent cellular technology touch screens um, you know, all of those things, there's so much that goes into an iPhone, uh, microchips, the ability to mine and refine aluminum and glass. You know, they stood on the shoulders of giants to create something, something no one had other, ever created before. That's what God does. It's like, he allows you to, to stand on those that went before you with their wisdom and impartation, and then you go further than they did like elisha performed double the miracles that elijah did one of the things that's interesting is the last miracle elijah ever performed slapping the jordan river with his mantle and it and they crossed on dry ground it took him his whole ministry to get to that miracle and then when he went up in in the chariot of fire and dropped his mantle to elisha that was the very first miracle that elisha ever did
0: wow that's powerful
1: So whatever it took Elijah, his whole ministry to build up to do, Elisha started there and then moved forward. And it's not like it was just like his opinion, because when he came back across, the sons of the prophets were far away. And they pointed at him and said, surely the spirit of Elijah rests upon Elisha. Like they could tell from far away that he already had that level of anointing. And then a couple of chapters later, he's sitting Remember when he has to, um, cure the poison in the stew, like now yes. the same guys that were mocking him, like, "Oh, don't you know, your teacher's going to be taken away. They're all now sitting at his feet receiving from him because he's now the master prophet. So like in that moment, he was able to like, stand on what his master did and then take it further. And that's what, that's exactly what Jonathan's talking about. It's like, that's not valued and it needs to be because it's how God works in the body.
0: That's awesome. Where can people? What's the easiest way for people to get that
1: book? Kindle, Apple Books, Amazon, and the, na- and the name of the book. Further, faster. Okay, let's
0: do these rapid fire. You, t- I'll take the first one. You take the second one. And we'll just alternate.
1: I'm going to try okay.
0: to get th- get through as many of you guys. Sorry to assume your gender, but as many of you guys as questions as <laughs> possible. Here's Jeanette. Fair request for questions.
2: my husband. <laughs> and for myself um he's got a lot of medical issues and too many to mention and also um for me for diabetes
0: jeanette you and your husband be blessed and be healed in the name of jesus here's
1: dj for you teddy
2: what is the best advice on hiring employees for a business
1: i would say hire people that are self-motivators and that are, like, loyal and faithful. If people don't value, like, your business, your time, they're always showing up late, they're always asking you what they should do next or how to do it next, get rid of them. And get somebody that, like, you don't have to also do their job even though you've hired them. Okay, this is Jeanette from me.
2: Prayer request for my husband and for myself.
0: Oh, that's the same one. Here's Sylvia from me.
2: Jonathan, I'm looking forward to your church opening up later this year
0: thank you here is preston for you Teddy. <laughs> was that that guy's real voice <laughs> here's christopher for me
2: can you tell us a funny shuttlesworth family memory
1: well you take that one teddy <laughs> oh man i mean there's so many i don't know how to do that in a rapid fire situation with 14 minutes left Okay, Kofi coffee, coffee for me.
2: Hey, I just wanted to say that I love you guys. Um, yeah, I love you. All right, have a good night.
0: Love you too, Kofi. Drew for Ted.
2: I'm about to graduate Bible college and get married next month. I feel called to be an evangelist, but I want to know, how do I book meetings?
1: <laughs> that was a good question. We used to say that. like It was basically like, fast and pray until the doors start to open. But it's mm-hmm. like, like Jonathan said, You know, take anything, nothing's too small to start. You know, like if you are, if you are, um, you know, faithful over little things, God will make you ruler over much. You can't despise the day of small beginnings. It always makes me laugh. when like, people are holding out for bigger meetings, like when they don't have any other meetings. That's true. It's like, just preach wherever they ask you to preach.
0: Matt, for me? What's the best uh, item to order at Cracker Barrel? My wife and my daughter could could help you out on that more, but for me, I like the fried chicken tenderloin salad with extra ranch dressing. Uh Ariana or Ar- how do you pronounce your your nephew's girlfriend's first name?
1: No, no, that no, that's uh she's from Alaska, I believe.
0: Oh, this lady. Okay, so here's
1: Ariane or Ariana for Ted. What's
0: the proper way to ask someone for impartation of a gifting?
1: For me, I I say, um, you know, the fullest the fullest measure of impartation you saw in the Bible is when they, someone served that other person. That's how you receive full impartation. That's you true. can receive you can receive through the laying on of hands. You know, if, if you would ask, like, a, a spiritual leader to lay hands on you and pray for you, it would be, like, one of the most common ways.
0: All right, Tracy, for me.
2: So just wanted to give a praise report. You prayed for Kenny to get a truck that was built for a millionaire, and he basically did. Um, you know, it's a very new truck. You took possession of for way cheaper than what we could have ever believed for. Or...
0: Well, that's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Enjoy the truck. Andrew for Ted.
1: Do you guys believe in uh, mentorship and do you guys train and teach other people who are starting off in ministry? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously I believe in mentorship. That's kind of what we're talking about. A spiritual father does that. You know, Paul made that point. I, I became his father in prison. He called Timothy his son. You know, I believe in spiritual fathers and impartation. So, yes, I would say yes. And there are, I don't I, I, at this point, don't do it like, um, formally, but like, I have a bunch of people that are younger that will call me all the time or text me with questions about that kind of stuff. And I'm happy to help them any way I can. And I do, I do believe in helping those that you can help.
2: Chris, for me, listen. I just want to say, I can't wait to see you this weekend. My life has been greatly changed since being saved back in Lancaster. And I enjoy everything that you and your ministry does. Thank you for everything.
0: Well, that's very nice of you. I'm getting, uh, Scranton, Pennsylvania, Peckville Assembly of God. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So you can find that on my website, revivaltoday.com. And Teddy's going to be in Michigan.
1: Yep. Details. Mlay City. Emlay City uh, Gateway Assembly. All the details at miracleword.com. Criso for
2: Teddy. Is there a difference between a spiritual father and a spiritual mother?
1: besides the fact that spiritual fathers have wee-wee's and spiritual mothers (laughs) have memes. No. Now, um, I, I don't, I don't know. I just think that the function is, is, uh, you know, the Bible teaches that the, the older ones that are in the body are to, to train up the younger, you know, like the older women are supposed to raise up the younger women, older men are supposed to raise up the younger men. So, Obviously, it would it wouldn't be appropriate for like an old like a woman to be like mentoring young men, you know, and vice versa. We're like the, the men are like mentoring young women like, bring, like we need to have a meeting. It's like I don't I don't think that that's appropriate. Wakana well, kind of
0: for me.
2: I don't mean to overshare or anything, but I'm 15 years old. I'm in high school right now, and I'm planning a crusade, an evangelistic crusade at my school. And what I wanna ask for advice from the both of you is how do I properly get people at my school discipled? Because a lot of the students that attend my school are um, they, they're part of like other faiths, like Mormon and Jehovah's Witness and all this stuff. So once I give an altar call, I need to make sure they get discipled without making it seem like I'm forcing them to attend a specific church or I'm stealing them from a different denomination or whatever it may be. So how do I solve that problem and how can and any other advice that you guys have for me? I'd greatly appreciate it. Thank you.
0: When, when people answer your altar call at your high school, when you do that crusade, you'll have made an impact on them and they're going to want to follow you. So it's not going to be like you're, you're trying to rip them away from somewhere. The, you know, if a Mormon gives his life to the Lord and, and you lay hands on him and pray for him, you know, the people that come up and, and get saved. There's going to be people that want to follow you to, to wherever you go to church or youth group or whatever. So, I would just let it happen. Jesus didn't have to try to like wrestle people into following him. And again, I'm I'm not giving this advice to a senior pastor. I'm giving, I think he's 14 or 15 in high school. So I I wouldn't concern myself with that. I would concern myself with making prime spiritual impact when you have the chance to minister. And then and then, you know, as people want to follow you then just accommodate that rather than trying to make something happen that's not there dave yeah you and, and hold on
1: before you say that also i did this on purpose for people like you like i made it a free discipleship program that they can do on their phone tablet laptop it's the reason i made it free and gave it out to everybody for free is for these exact situations where young people are being saved and they need to learn the basics of christianity so if they want to do it and if you'd like to give it to them, it's miracleword.com forward slash next N E X T. And it's basically the next steps, uh, videos and a podcast of all the basics of what it means to be a Christian. Every episode's ten minutes or less. So it'll That's help. Up. That's awesome. Dave for Teddy.
0: Could you pray that I won't overthink and worry about so much? Thanks.
1: Father, don't let Dave overthink or worry about so many things that have been coming on him. Give him peace. Amen. Kevin for Ted.
2: Should I be concerned that I'll listen to a preacher with a
1: sombrero? I don't think so, personally. And a bolo tie, I think we could also add there. John Manna for me.
2: When is Jonathan
1: going to release his next drum cover?
0: Good to hear from you, John. That ship has sailed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> ariana again for today. how much time do you spend in the word each day
1: you know h- however much time you decide to spend you know make make it specific and 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 stick to it like if it's going to be 30 minutes a day set a time make it 30 minutes and do it it's it's more important to be consistent and faithful to the the plan you set you know what i mean and, and obviously you should spend as much time as you can 30 minutes an hour you know but do it and be consistent that's more important
0: carissa for me
2: is it possible to elaborate or explain the history behind falling out or being slain in the spirit
0: yeah, it's all through the bible and then if you if you want a, a good explanation on youtube look up why do people fall under the power by kenneth hagan and listen to that message Alex Mm -hmm. for Teddy.
2: What's up, guys? This is Alex and... This is Seanette,
0: you wonderful (laughs) men of God. (laughs) We 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 love you guys. guys. God bless you. I thought that was somebody doing a a Seanette impression. (laughs) Christopher for me.
2: I love you guys so much. You are both awesome. Jonathan, I am so happy to be under your evangelistic fellowship. Can't wait for your church to open. You will see me there.
0: That's great. And if that's your real voice, change it joel for teddy (laughs)
2: hey is this gonna be a daily show or
0: what are y'all thinking on that
1: yeah i mean both of our schedules are pretty hectic but you know we'd like to do this relatively often you know like uh we were talking today about how often like we could do it or meet up at night like this and you know i know we're both preaching revivals but it would be good um what do you think John?
0: Um, yeah, I I would like to do it consistently. I like this app. I didn't have any thoughts on it going in because I'd never used the app, so I wanted to see. I did not enjoy Clubhouse, and I no. did enjoy this.
1: Do you yep, do you like too. this? I do like this app a lot because I like this interaction right here, and I like the quality. Like they seem to have their act together as far as servers go and quality and stuff.
0: Oh yeah, it's like it doesn't sound any different than when I'm talking to you on speakerphone. So. It does feel like a conversation, rather than like which I like, rather than like a formal broadcast. All right, we close. Oh no, we got two more. So Ariana, why
2: is it that uh, Jesus told Peter to not be afraid after the big catch in Luke five ten?
1: Was that for me? Yeah. Oh, I would say you know at that point you know Peter wasn't his disciple yet. Peter was just like a fisherman that he just met and stepped into his boat and came in and and Peter had already said of his own, uh, confession, we fished all night, caught nothing. And, uh, it was such a supernatural event when you read it, He, he, after he preaches, push out a little farther, let down your nets. So many fish came into the nets. It was causing his boat to sink. And then he had his friends that he had to call over. And when his friends came over, he started filling their boat with the fish and their boat started sinking. So, like, even as a fisherman, when you've, like, fished all night, nothing, now you're, like, right back by the shore and your boat is sinking with a catch. It's like you start to realize this is not natural. Something supernatural is happening here. That's probably why Jesus uh, told him that. Don't Don't be afraid.
0: All right, two quick ones. We've got three minutes left.
2: Do you guys think you will ever recreate your photo shoot that you've had years ago?
0: I wouldn't rule anything out. <laughs> and finally, ASAN. And- hey,
2: guys. Just want to say thanks for the broadcast. Really enjoying it. It's like 356 here in the UK. God bless you. Have a good night.
0: When I saw because well. you know it types the text out. When I saw that it said it's like three three 356 here in the UK, I was trying to th- think of it. What what kind of temperature measurement that was. <laughs> no, it's nice to hear your voice, uh, Asa, and she, she's great. She's a, a very funny person. Well, well, we'll pray for you. I'll go first, and then Teddy, and we'll call it, a, call it a night. Father, thank you for everybody that tuned in tonight. Pray you bless their life. Pray you give them clarity. I pray they would learn to hear your voice in their spirit, showing them the way to go and showing them the way not to go. In Jesus' name. Now I'm squeezing your hand, Teddy, to your turn.
1: <laughs> Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you'd also give them supernatural peace that passes all understanding, overwhelming joy throughout the rest of their week and the rest of this year. Let us run with momentum by the Holy Ghost through the rest of this year. When we get to December, look back and be amazed at how much you've done in one year in our lives and ministries and businesses. In Jesus' mighty name,
0: amen. Check the news starts in two minutes. You can watch that on our, look, if you don't have my app, get my app. It's the Revival Today app. All of my stuff is on there. If you're not subscribed, do do that tonight. Revival Today. And uh, you can get that Google Play or or the App Store. And I'll be in Scranton, Pennsylvania, uh, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, Saturday night, 7 o'clock, Adolis, Saturday morning at 10. And uh, then Sunday, 10, 10 and 6, I think it is. 11 and 6, maybe. It's all on revivaltoday.com. Teddy, you're going to be where? I'm
1: going to be in Imlay City, Michigan, starting Sunday through uh, Wednesday, north of Detroit. Um, and then, of course, you can get the Miracle Word app anywhere. And Peruse the Headlines starts in one minute. If you want to join <laughs> Peruse the Headlines. No, I'm just kidding.
0: Thanks, thanks for coming <laughs> on for our, uh, our first podcast. You can I got a podcast too if you've not found that. I think it's just Jonathan Shuttlesworth. What's your podcast? Miracle Word Podcast? Uh, no, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr.
1: If you guys enjoyed this, let us know on social media. Comment on, you know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Let us know you enjoyed it and you want to hear more of it. I'd, I'd like to do more of these.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed it. Thanks, Teddy. I love talking to you. Love you, man. See everybody.
1: Bye, guys.